Well, every blessing to you all, and welcome back to my open-air pulpit. It's a very cold, crisp, and somewhat misty day. Uh, but you know me, once I arrive at the open-air pulpit, I have to begin what I have begun. Please go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and I want to pick out three words, if I may, to set the context for this video. And of course, this will be video number three, looking at the Blessed Trinity. God in three persons. Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 19 if you will. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Jump down to verse 20. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance. 21, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to pick out these four words. Idolatry from verse 20, going back to what I said last week concerning Exodus chapter 20, how the Jews were guilty of corrupting the image of the incorruptible, the uncorruptible God, and turning around and saying to Israel in general that these are your gods which came out of Egypt, going back to the Aaron incident, so the Lord said he hates that, and he said he would punish subsequent generations of idolaters to the third and the fourth generation. Witchcraft. Witchcraft in the context deals with uh, magic, spells and pills magic spells and pills and if you go back to the ancient world when a person needed help with an emotional problem they would go to their guru their quack their shaman if you will the holy man or the holy woman in the village and they would get their potions out and start to aid that particular person and put that suffering man or suffering woman into a trance and then they would pray over that person and as they were praying over that person the spirits would come over the person enter the person and they'd find themselves in a trance out of it as they say hatred a lot of hatred today coming from professing christianity a lot of attacks against the trinity coming from inside would you believe the king james movement the King James community, not outside. You would expect the Muslims and the Freemasons and the Oneness and the Jehovah's Witnesses to be attacking the Trinity, but no, the attacks are coming from within the community. Somebody said to me, are these videos particularly helpful concerning yours truly? Are these videos edifying the body of Christ? And I thought to myself this, well, first of all, I didn't cause these divisions. I'm not attacking those that are against the Trinity. I'm defending the Trinity. I'm attacking those that are attacking the Trinity. I'm responding to unjust attacks against the Trinity. Deliberate misrepresentations. People bearing false witness. I guess it's like this. You love your biological father, do you? You love your biological mother, do you? Do you love your wife or your husband? Do you love your children? Do you love your grandparents? Do you love your grandchildren? I'm sure you do. How would you feel if somebody came along and started to attack your loved ones? Would you be passive? Would you sit on the fence or would you respond? I think you would respond, wouldn't you? And therefore, when somebody attacks the blessed Trinity, God and three persons, what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to respond, aren't we? First of all, to defend the honour of our great triune God and also to deal with the heresies, the heretics, 
decide in their mouths. Hatred, witchcraft, idolatry, variance, variance, meaning dispute, a controversy, dissension. So first of all, let me say this very briefly that I didn't begin this issue, the attacks against the Trinity. I've dealt with anti-Trinitarians over the years and yet shamefully and shockingly we are seeing a greater attack coming from within the so-called body of Christ, not without. And you ask me why is that happening? Well, three reasons. First of all, the first reason is they could be unsaved. Going back to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, they're not really Christians to begin with. They are simply pretending to be Christians like false brethren. Secondly, they could be saved, but they are refusing to accept the truth. They are suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. And thirdly, they are deceived, basically deceived, deluded. They are being swept up by uh, smooth-talking people. Going back to how most people become members of a cult. A couple knock on their door Saturday morning. Can we ask you how you are doing? Can we ask you if life is treating you well? Can we ask you, are you happy with the way things are going? So on and so forth. And most people say no. They are very unhappy. And they say, come along to our Kingdom Hall. Come along to the Steakhouse. In fact, if you go back to the 1950s very briefly, Sammy Davis Jr. was caught up in a car crash. A terrible car crash. Almost died. In fact, I think he lost one of his eyes. Rushed to the hospital. And he was sitting up in bed, very depressed with himself, very down. He'd had very little education, had been on the road with his father and uncle, <coughs> excuse me, since the age of five or six. And surprise, surprise, a rabbi came into Sammy's room, sat with him and said, can I help you, Sammy? Can I do anything for you, Sammy? And he was so touched by this rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, taking the time to come to his aid that, to cut a long story short, he became a Jew. He converted to Judaism. And that's what I think is going on today. A lot of people are online watching videos, or maybe going to churches, or being a part of a community of some kind. And some slick guy arrives, gift of the gab, like they say, and is able to seduce an entire congregation. And this is one of the reasons why it's dangerous to have one man do all the preaching, one man to do all the teaching. If you've got a group of men that <coughs> preach and teach, you can control, you can be accountable, <coughs> excuse me, to one another. But you got one guy calling the shots, who's he accountable to? And he goes into error and takes an entire community with him. Works of the flesh shall manifest, 19, like displayed, made visible, which are these, 20, idolatry, the worst sin, <coughs> In the Old Testament, uh, only a few times is mentioned directly in the New Testament, but it's certainly back today, isn't it? Witchcraft, hatred, people attacking the Trinity, and here's the irony of it all. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> a lot of these people that are attacking the Trinity and misrepresenting it, bearing false witness to what we believe as Trinitarians, and just for the record, we are not tri-theists, we are not polytheists, a lot of these people, have you noticed, are still very much into their hymns and their carols. The greatest hymns, the greatest carols that have ever been penned, Charles Wesley perhaps, Fanny Crosby, John Newton and others, the greatest hymns that have ever been hymned, excuse me, that have ever been penned, 
have been pained by Trinitarians. And yet you hypocrites, not all of you, many of you, you hypocrites that attack the Trinity, call it pagan, you still love the old hymns, don't you? But those hymns were written by pagans, Trinitarians. Again, you people are not consistent. You're not consistent, are you? You say you are a King James Bible believer, and yet you turn around and, and attack the men who translated this book, and they were all Trinitarian, yes, Calvinist, an Armenian, post-millennial, a-millennial, uh, weren't in favour of the rapture, yes, they had their problems and issues, and they've all been dead a long time now, and they've all had to answer for their beliefs at the judgment seat of Christ, but I'll tell you something, all of the translators, including King James the first of England, King James the sixth of Scotland, were all Trinitarian. You people are out of step with your own book. Going back to how most of these people that are coming from the King James community and are attacking the Trinity are not really Christians. They are false brethren. Hatred variants, going back to causing disputes, controversies, and these controversies have been around for a long time. Centuries. But again, not from within the body of Christ. And here's another little thought for you all. For those of you which are now attacking the Trinity and are modalists or oneness or uh, Unitarians within monotheism, can you guys name three, four, five anti-Trinitarians that you would say were real men of God? Think about it now. Can you guys give me five? Can you give me four? Can you give me three real men of God from the Reformation right up until this year? or the last century, that were non-Trinitarian. John Nelson Darby, Trinitarian. Clarence Larkin, Larkin, Trinitarian. And yes, Peter Ruckman, Trinitarian. Can you guys give me five, can you give me four, can you give me three names of your best men, whether British, American, Canadian, Australian, Australian or New Zealander, New Zealand, Give me five, give me four, give me three, give me two, give me one. That were non-Trinitarian. You're going to struggle, aren't you? Because all of the greats, D.R. Moody, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, William Booth, I mean, all of the greats, and yes, they all have theological issues, and they've all been dead a long time, and they've all had to go to the judgment seat, so don't worry about that. But they were all Trinitarian. All Trinitarian. And yet you modalists out there, you oneness, can you give me three? Can you give me two? Can you give me one? You're going to struggle. Works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance. Go down to 21. That they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So I'm going to say this, that <clears throat> it is possible that such anti-Trinitarians are either not saved, going back to what I said last week, spiritually discerned, foolishness to them, or they are saved, but they are in apostasy. John Mark would be one example, Simon Peter would be another, or they are deceived, they are deluded. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, please. So I'm going to call this video, The Spirits of Witchcraft Hates the Trinity. And the reason why I want to say that is because I think one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why these attacks are continuing to grow is because the spirit of witchcraft has infiltrated the King James movement. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 
Look at 18 if you will. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. It's all foolishness to these people. You believe in three gods, do you? So God the Father, they say, does he have a body? Does he have a soul? Does he have a spirit? The Holy Ghost, they say, does he have a body? Does he have a soul? Does he have a spirit? They deliberately misrepresent us. Now I've dealt with Muslims over the years and they're pretty good at doing this. And the oneness, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they are tritheists. They believe in two gods. But now we are having to deal with people from the King James community. Posting comments on videos such as mine and others. Blaspheming Almighty God. Demonstrating that they hate God. Going back to Galatians chapter 5. And if they are saved, if they are saved, if they are saved, they won't go into the millennial kingdom. Because they are idolaters. They are haters. And they're also being led by the spirit of witchcraft. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. foolishness. But unto us which are saved, present tense, it is the power of God. So you've got two groups of people. You've got those of us which are saved, rejoicing in that very fact. Contrast that to those that aren't saved. And the chances are most of the anti-attacks or the anti-Trinitarian attacks that are coming from the King James community are coming from unsaved people. And they believe that we are fools, and yes, we are fools for Christ's sake. No problem with that. But the preaching to them is foolishness. They can't comprehend it. They can't understand it. 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the dispute of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? But I can't understand it, they say. I can't understand how God is three persons and yet one God. You're never told to understand it. You're told to believe it. God expects you to have a childlike faith. The more you try and understand how an eternal being has always lived and will always live will just cause you to go crazy. And that's why people go back to the ancient world, will go to their gurus, their witches, their shamans, their holy men, their holy women, witches, warlocks, call them what you will, and say, I'm very much distressed, I'm in great conflict, my mind is in a spin, can you help me out? And they get the pills and the spells and the magic out, start to pray over those people, and the spirits would enter those people. They become crazy, end up killing themselves. 21, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching them, Excuse me, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The just should it by faith humble yourselves. Now I'm not going to say that everybody who is against the Trinity is an unsaved, demon-possessed person being led by witches or the spirit of witchcraft. But I'm going to suggest this, that the leaders of those, or the leaders of those people who are attacking the Trinity are probably demon-possessed or being led by a spirit. The spirit of witchcraft, and I'll explain that more. For the Jews require a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So the Lord has deliberately chosen himself a way to reach out to people in a way that most don't realize it don't understand it you got a guy standing up here 
middle of winter, preaching from a King James Bible. Some of you people think this is somewhat of a joke, and that's fair enough. The Word of God said you would think just that. Some of you people say you are saved, and that you still can't comprehend it. How there is only one God and three distinct persons. Going back to here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. One in the sense of unity, not in the sense of singleness. And because you can't understand it, you start to attack it. You start to blaspheme it. And as a result, you become guilty of idolatry. You're now worshipping God Almighty, if you will, in a false and vain manner. Chapter 2, uh, chapter 2, look at verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, like complete. You're not the wisdom of this world, not of the princes of this world, that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Absolutely so. They didn't know that he was the Lord of glory. And he told them time after time. And they wouldn't receive it. They wouldn't accept it. They would reject it. And as a result, he said to them, unless you believe I am, going back to Exodus chapter 3, you would die in your sins. And people say when he said I am, he was, he was referring to God the Father. No, he wasn't referring to God the Father. He said, unless you believe I am, going back to Exodus chapter 3, you would die in your sins. Why do you think that God the Father was speaking to Moses back in the Old Testament? Could it not be God the Son speaking to Moses back in the Old Testament? I think it may have been, and I'll show you that very shortly. We speak wisdom among them which, or among them that are perfect, like the redeemed. You're not the wisdom of this world. Going back to unable to understand the Trinity and therefore attacking it. Trying to understand it in your own uh, limited sense. And because you can't comprehend it, you throw it out and you create a God in your own image. You're not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, a hidden form. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. Going back to Jews concerning Jesus, but for today I'm going to suggest concerning those that are attacking the Trinity. And isn't it interesting that the term Godhead appears three times in the New Testament? But I guess that's probably just a coincidence, right? Colon, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Jump down to verse... 10 if you will but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things yea the deep things of God for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So, if you're not a Trinitarian, you're either a oneness, a modalist, or a Unitarian monotheist. That's what the Jews are. They are a Unitarian monotheist. They believe that God is one person. And if you hold to that position, you are obviously anti-Trinitarian, and you force the Father 
the Son and the Spirit to all be the same person, but functioning or operating in different ways. I don't accept that. That is a corrupt and crude attempt to comprehend the Trinity. Look, you can't understand it. You're never told to understand it. So stop trying to come up with schemes, clever gimmicks, to work out how God is three but one, how he is one and three. And yet here you are told time after time how God hasn't revealed uh, such unto us by a spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Also going back to how the Holy Ghost is deity. 11, for what a man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, Muslims, Jews, Jehovah's Witnesses, modalists, oneness, so on and so forth, but the Spirit, Holy Ghost, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth but which the holy ghost teacheth compa uh, comparing spiritual things with spiritual go to uh, genesis chapter 3 some years ago i was watching a video of a guy online and he said watch the women watch the women and he was a funny sort of a chap i guess he's probably still online and turns out he'd been a minister in some evangelical churches and he said, once the women get into church, like leadership, it's all over. And he said, watch the women. And he said, they are always wanting to take over churches, ministries. And he spoke from experience. And I think what it comes down to is this, that one of the reasons why the King James community is in such a poor state at the moment is down to the women. I was watching a woman preaching on YouTube a few nights ago in the UK and I know I know most of the street preachers in this country and they know me we are a small community you would understand and I watched this woman preaching around the UK and I thought why is she preaching on the streets why is she doing that if that wasn't odd enough she had a husband who was filming her I left a comment saying shouldn't your husband be preaching and you filming him it goes back to the old movies, a car breaks down and you got two or three people in the car. In fact, it goes back to an old movie that I watched not very long ago. A true story of a career couple, man and a woman, back in the time of Al Capone. And they break down in the middle of America. I think it was Chicago or California, who cares. The car broke down and the husband said to his wife, look, there's a car coming, flag it down. And he hid behind the driver's seat with his two minions and she jumped out of the car very pretty woman flagged the car down and of course the guy pulls over as most guys would damps in distress you see and within two minutes of the car pulling over and the guy getting out of the car how can i help your sister sort of a thing the husband jumps out with his two armed goons and they say uh it's a stick up sort of a thing get into the car take us to such and such a location she was the bait you see she was the bait. Had all five of them been standing by the broken down car, chances are he would have gone straight past them. And this preacher said, watch the women, mark them out, because if you're not careful, they will take over your church, your communities, 
your YouTube channels. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Look at verse uh, 8, if you will. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And they heard the voice of the Lord God, verse 8, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? So people read this and they say, Well, God the Father is clearly in the context here. Going back to before Abraham was, I am. Hold on. Hold on. Don't jump the gun. Just because it says Lord God, back in Genesis chapter 3, doesn't necessarily mean that it's God the Father. Before Abraham was, I am. Unless you believe I am, you would die in your sins. Go to John chapter 10. Watch the women, mark the women, once they get their claws into their husbands, or into churches, or communities, it's all over. And I mean like taking over such a place. Some years ago I went to a sanctuary with a friend of mine, and she said to me, I want to show you this sanctuary run by this very wonderful woman. And I went down with this friend of mine, and we got down there, and uh, I was shocked. This elderly woman was baptising people, doing services, preaching and teaching. And I said to my friend at the time, she shouldn't be doing that. And it all went very quiet when I said that. And the elderly woman, probably a witch to the truth were known, wasn't very happy with my statements. And we left rather early because I didn't feel very comfortable at that particular place. The following day, I sent an email to this lady in question saying, I don't agree with what you're doing at this sanctuary. You're running it with another woman. There are no brothers present. No women in the New Testament had ministries like that. There are no female street preachers in the New Testament. And she got very upset at me, this woman. Phoned up my friend at the time and gave her a bit of an earful, who then phoned me up and gave me a bit of an earful. <laughs> and I reiterated my objections to this woman calling the shots and I thought that's not right going back to the woman who I saw street preaching in the UK a little while ago I thought or two nights ago I thought she shouldn't be doing that but why is she doing it she's bait you see you see women like women women can relate to women and her husband I believe anyway is allowing his wife to street preach in the UK so other women will watch her videos subscribe to her channel, support her, and down the line, men will subscribe to the channel and support her. I'll discuss that more in a few minutes. Uh, John 10, uh, John 10, look at verse 16 if you will. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And they shall hear my voice. These are Gentiles, of course. Adam was a Gentile. He wasn't a Hebrew, he was a Gentile. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. 27, my sheep, 
you went, Gentile, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one, one in unity, one in the sense of we share the same purpose, remit, as a father sends a son, so the son sends the spirit, and on top of that he would send out the apostles. 16 again, and other sheep I have, Gentiles of course, which are not of this fold, not yet anyway, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Adam, where art thou? Lord God, walking in the garden, in the call of the day, doesn't have to be God the Father. Sometimes the term Lord God denotes God the Father, but not always. I believe that Genesis chapter 3 is speaking about God the Son. Speaking to Adam, and here Jesus Christ, God the Son, is also speaking 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. A great verse for eternal security, which some of these King James people are also rejecting, have you noticed? Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. All without distinction, not all without exception. Of course, at this point in the Lord's ministry, he is still on the earth in submission to God the Father. And no man, no one, anyone, under any circumstances, is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Go to Genesis chapter 5. So, Jesus Christ is obviously appearing in Genesis chapter 3 to Adam and Eve, they hear his voice, they hide, they are scared, and he calls them, he says, where are you? That's a call for repentance, to come clean. So John 10 is obviously dealing with unity, not singleness, Jew and Gentile, a Gentile and Jew are going to become one, one fold, one church, one body, one baptism, so on and so forth. I go to Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 5, and something also of uh, interest, caught my eye a few nights ago, dealing with singleness. Like one in unity, not one in sense of just one person. Genesis 5, look at verse 1. This is a book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam, in the day when they were created. You've got a literal man, a literal woman, first of all getting married and becoming one flesh, and we looked at that a couple of videos ago now, but now this, this couple, man and a woman, are one. They are one. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the sense of unity. A man meets a woman, he marries her, she takes his name. 
they're still two literal separate people but they're one in unity you see father son and spirits are one god but they are three separate and distinct persons go to isaiah 55 isaiah 55 watch the women mark the women women like to talk women like to control people women like to call the shots not all but many and when a woman gets involved in religion when a woman is bitten uh, by religion she takes it very seriously she becomes very much into religion some years ago i was speaking to a former witch uh, who gave me her testimony a very interesting testimony and she said several things and she said to me one of the things one of the things she said to me was how before she was saved one of her friends was crazy about this guy and she couldn't get his attention and she tried everything to get his attention and when that failed she decided to put a spell on this guy he was in a relationship with somebody else apparently at the time and to cut a long story short from what i can remember the which in question wasn't able to win the man's heart she tried to do everything to get his attention and when that failed she put the jinx on it put the jinx on it she contaminated his relationship with this woman that he was with at the time and the relationship broke down and she said to me this is the witch that got saved how she knew that witches are real she was a witch herself how they can do spells and how they can mess people up this isn't like 100 years ago. This isn't, this isn't even 25 years ago. This is less than 10 years ago. Uh, Isaiah 55, look at verse 8, if you will. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. But I still can't understand how God is three persons in one God. Or one God and three separate and distinct persons. I can't understand it, so what am I going to do? I'm going to attack it. I'm going to say it's paganism. I'm going to intentionally lie, bear false witness, accuse Trinitarians of being tritheists, polytheists, believing in three gods, going back to pagan, Greco, Roman uh, people that believed in three gods or four gods or five gods, gods in a plural sense whether Greek or Roman, I'm going to deliberately lie about it, like the Muslims do, and not care about it whatsoever. And the Lord almost knows that these people are going to come along down the line. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. So the Lord says this. Don't even bother to understand how I understand things. Don't even bother to attempt to comprehend who I am or what I am. Before Abraham was I am. Like I have no beginning. I have no end. I am that I am hath sent me unto you. Unless you believe I am. You would die in your sins. Can you understand that? Of course you can't. But you can believe it, can't you? If you are living and breathing, if you have any concept of reality, you know that there is more to life than just yourself. Going back to, again, Romans chapter 1, how the invisible things 
of him are clearly seen by the things that are made, that are created, even his eternal power and Godhead. And again, isn't it interesting how the term Godhead appears three times in the New Testament? Is that a reference to the Trinity? I think so. But others will say it's just a coincidence. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof, the ways thereof, the roots, the ways in and out, so on and so forth, are death. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I can think of a couple of YouTubers uh, that I first became aware of maybe 10 years ago. No, not 10 years ago. Let's think now. Probably 8 years ago. That became very popular very quickly. Both run by women. And 1 Corinthians 3 uh, and I remember that the first channel that comes to my mind wasn't a King James channel, so I didn't really spend much time dealing with it, although I did speak against it at the time, made a video against it at the time. And uh, people were saying to me at the time, are you aware of this channel? We think she is a witch. She even dresses like a witch. I thought, yeah, possibly. And another channel came to my mind, or came to my attention, maybe 2009, 2010, of another channel, this time a King James channel, and another woman. And this uh, channel was very popular, and one of our friends was very friendly with this particular channel, run by a woman, and I watched some of her videos, and she's very glamorous, very attractive, and I thought, there's something not quite right with this woman. She too had a husband. He wasn't doing the teaching. She was doing the teaching. And that kind of struck me as being a bit odd. I mean, if you are a brother and you're saved, why are you allowing your wife to do the preaching herself? Again, women relate to women. She was the bait, you see. And women came across her channel, subscribed in numbers, and of course, because she was a pretty woman, men subscribed to her channel, got very much into what she was doing, what she was saying. And I thought to myself, something still, something still isn't quite right here. And I thought to myself at the time, is she a witch as well? And some of her videos were rather gothic, the way the camera was put on her, going back to an old 40s movie when they had the lights put on the female actresses and the cameras got really close up to their star uh, actresses and the directors would spend sometimes days lighting their top sirens as they were referred to to get that perfect shot and I watched some of her videos not many I never subscribed to her channel and I saw how she was filming in black and white with a light very much on her and I thought, what is going on here? Why isn't her husband preaching, teaching? She says he is saved. Why is she doing all the teaching? Well, because she was the bait, you see. 
she was the bait and it worked women subscribed to her channel let's see what sister such and such has got to say about this or that men were subscribing in numbers you're very beautiful are you married etc 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 and her theology started to change her belief started to change she got into more heresy and she started to show her real colors and surprise surprise she closed her channel that happens also many times it closed they close their channels for several reasons first of all because the money dries up these people want your money if you didn't know that if you come across a ministry which is always asking for money then that's really all they are interested in the love of money is the root of all evil and i guess her ministry had run its course she wasn't really a saved person she was pretending to be a saved person spirit of witchcraft and she shut her channel and she disappeared and her husband also disappeared strange people first corinthians chapter 3 look at verse 19 if you will for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with god for it is written he taketh the wise in her own craftiness and again the lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain that they are vain so time after time paul is telling you to look out for first of all false teachers deceivers being deceived and deceive themselves and yes it is fair to say and i have to keep clarifying this that it's possible that there are saved people who have strayed into error into heresy they are now apostates with a capital a but based on both testaments based on my own understanding of this subject based on what i've observed over the years i'm of the belief that these people were never saved to begin with they were fakers pretending to be what they weren't to get your money to get you to follow them of course wisdom of this world is foolishness with god that word foolishness must appear many times in first corinthians for it is written he taketh the wise in her own craftiness i've watched so many debates online over the years concerning muslims debating trinitarians i don't watch them anymore it's too tedious it's too painful it's torturous these muslims some of them have got professional qualifications and yet they can't they won't they're unable to comprehend who god is because they're not saved and on top of that they are so filled with bigotry hatred and contempt for the triune nature of god that the lord just shuts their eyes there is like the jews they have eyes but cannot see they have ears but cannot hear in many ways islam and judaism are very similar very similar indeed go to chapter six please chapter six Back in the 1970s uh, and the early 1980s, the Moonies were at full strength. And the Moonies, and also the Bagwamis, had a plan. They had a method in place to bring more people into their cult, into their false religion. And like most false teachers, it's all about money, women and sex. And the Moonies had this wonderful idea that if they could 
target uh, young women, like beautiful women, they would be able to reach out to young men, good-looking men, who could then reach out to other women. Beautiful women get them in, and it continues like that, you see. And the Moonies were very good at doing this, and they had women that would go all over America uh, trying to get guys to join the cult. And, of course, the guys fell for the women because the women, again, were the bait. Going back to the lone woman who's a hitchhiker, and she's saying, you know, give me a lift, puts the old thumb out, and the guy sees this woman, damps her in distress, puts the brakes on, comes to the woman's aid, and her boyfriend jumps out, and he says to uh, the guy in question, keep driving, take us to such and such a location. The guy wouldn't stop, of course. If you saw two people, three people, four people, he wouldn't stop, and the Mooney said this, let's get the girls in, once we get the girls in, the girls can get the guys in, and once they get the guys in, we've got quite a community. And that's what happened. This also goes back to following men. Like if you were Jehovah's Witness at the turn of the uh, 20th century, you were called a Russellite. If you were a Lutheran at the turn of the 16th century, you were called a Lutheran. Or if you were or are a Roman Catholic, you were called a Papist. It's all about following people, you see. It's all about following people. Uh, chapter 6, chapter 6. Now I said last uh, video that... The triune God lives inside of those of us which are saved. It's a wonderful thought, isn't it? Not only are we saved, not only are we now reigning with the Lord in a spiritual sense, Ephesians chapter 2, not only are all of our past, present and future sins forgiven, but the triune nature of God, Father, Son and Spirit, are living inside those of us which have been regenerated. 6.19 What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. Your body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost. Ye are not of your own. Twenty, ye are bought, ye are bought, ye are bought, ye have been redeemed. Ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God. In your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. So the Moonies got the guys in. The guys got the girls in. All this group sex. The Bagwamis are doing it. All this group sex. People are spending money making these guru leaders even richer. Even wealthier. Going back to what Peter told you. How they make merchandise off you. Always... Wanting money, always asking for money. That's the quickest way to spot a false religion. A counterfeit ministry. Uh, Romans 8, look at verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirits of Christ, he is none of his. In other words, of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Ghost, doesn't reside in you. You are lost. You're an unsaved man. And here, Spirit of God is used interchangeably with Spirit of Christ, referring to the Holy Ghost, of course. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. One God, three persons. They won't share their glory with anyone else. They will only share their glory with one another. 
2 Corinthians chapter 13. If you are interested to know, it is zero degrees Celsius. Zero degrees Celsius. It's almost minus one. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, look at verse 5 if you will. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ, how that Jesus Christ, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Spirit of God dwells in you. Jesus Christ is in you. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, which is Christ in you, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Spirit of God lives inside of you. God the Son lives inside of you. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And so too does God the Father. Look at verse 6. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Spiritual, not literal. One God and Father of all, God the Father, who is above all. And you were told from Romans chapter 5. Jesus Christ is the eternally blessed God who is over all, above all. So they both share the same office, you see, but not the same person. Who is above all and through all and in you all. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Look at verse 24, if you will. But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God, and report that God is in you of a truth. So the Father lives inside of you, the Spirit lives inside of you, the Son lives inside of you. Father, Son and Spirit resurrected. The Lord Jesus Christ, Father, Son and Spirit created the world system. Father, Son and Spirit live inside those of us which are saved. Go to Genesis chapter 11 please. I want to continue to build on the unity of the triune God. Genesis 11, look at verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, 
and Burnham thoroughly, and they made, and they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, in a sense of unity, not in a sense of singleness. And they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. Let us go down, verse 7, let us make men in our own image. Verse 8, so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, confusion. And that's what's going on today, a lot of confusion concerning the Trinity. Maybe five or six, seven or eight years ago, there wasn't any real confusion, not from inside of the King James community. Most of us are pre-millennial, pre-tribulational, once saved, always saved, pro-Israel, anti-the tongue movements, anti-the ecumenical movements, anti-the Church of Rome, pro the triune nature of the one true God. Now there's a lot of confusion. What's going on? Witchcraft. Women are coming to the community. They are calling the shots. They are whispering in her husband's ears. I'll speak about that in a few more minutes. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, confusion, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. If you are a follower of politics in the UK, you know that we've had, let's see now, the last three prime ministers have all been men. We currently have a woman leading the UK. In fact, whoever said that Britain is a anti-woman, anti-women country? No way. We have a female Prime Minister. We have a female First Secretary in Scotland. We have a woman running the police in London, head of the Metropolitan Police, who's also a lesbian. The leader of the DUP in Northern Ireland is a woman. <coughs> The woman of the leader of Sinn Fein in Northern Ireland is also a woman. This country is dominated by women. But go back to the previous Prime Minister, David Cameron. He was married to a lady called Samantha, Samantha Cameron, and she was whispering in David's ear, David, you've got to do something for the LGBT community. You've got to allow homosexual men, lesbian women to get married. Whisper, whisper, whisper. And David said, no problem, honey. And he made it possible for same-sex couples to get married. Before him, Gordon Brown was married to Sarah Brown. And Sarah Brown said to Gordon, make it easier for same-sex couples to have a civil marriage. And she was whispering in his ear, okay, honey, whatever you want. And he made that happen. Go back to Tony Blair. And Sheree Blair, Tony, you've got to make it easier for same-sex couples to be recognised by the law. And Tony said, no problem, honey. 
And those three men, all beta males, allowed their women to call the shots. Cherie Blair, Sarah Brown, Samantha Cameron, all got their ways, all got their way with their husbands. We've now got same-sex marriage, same-sex adoption. Go back to the 1960s, 1963 to be precise. A party is taking place in California and some 2,000 miles away. A car is driving down the street in Dallas. Shots are heard and JFK is shot dead. Meanwhile, in California, 2,000 miles away, or maybe thereabouts, a party is about to take place. Nancy Reagan is arranging a fundraiser for her husband, Ronald, and all the invites are being sent out weeks in advance. Please come to our address, so on and so forth. We are going to be entertaining people. We want to raise money for Ronald. And she would say this, how can you help Ronald? How can you help my husband? And people were phoning up Nancy saying, have you heard the news? Awful news. What's happened, she said. The president has been shot dead in Dallas. And she said, oh, that's okay, she said. We are Republicans, we're not Democrats. The party is still on for tonight. People are shocked. And more phone calls were made to Nancy. And she said, I can't stand what all the fuss is about. We are Republicans. He was a Democrat. And people were just shocked at how hard she was. How can you help Ronald? Never mind John F. Kennedy, she would say. How can you help Ronald? And most people cancelled, didn't attend, but a good few did. Party time. Drinks were flowing. How can you help uh, Ronald? We need to raise maybe three or four million dollars, a lot of money, back in the 1960s to put Ronald into the governorship of California. 1980s, he's the American president. AIDS, HIV is all over the place. And he says to his wife, I'm not going to move on this. I think it is wrong. Homosexuality, AIDS, HIV, I don't accept it, so on and so forth. And she tried to whisper in his ear, like Mrs. Brown, Mrs. Cameron, Mrs. Blair. It made no difference. Reagan, to his credit, stood firm. Can't accept it. It's all wrong, etc., etc. Towards the end of his presidency, he did slightly loosen up, a bit like Mike Pence has loosened up since he became the vice president. But go back to the 1960s. He becomes the governor of California and the first thing he does, or one of the first things that he would do, was, was, was to abolish the witchcraft bill, which prohibited clairvoyance, soothsayers, from being officially recognised in the state of California. On top of that, he had his inauguration take place at half past midnight. Strange, isn't it? He said no to his wife concerning homosexuality, AIDS, HIV, but he said yes to his wife concerning witchcraft, astrology. Fascinating, isn't it? And these men have all been 
destroyed basically by their wives. Of course, they're not they're not saved. Ronald Reagan was an honorary Freemason. Amazingly enough, he was made an honorary Mason in 1989. 1990, after he left office, incredibly. Religious, yes, of course. Uh, Blair is religious but unsaved. Cameron is religious but unsaved. Brown, so-so. But Reagan was religious and I believe unsaved. And his wife won one of the battles but lost the other. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I saw something interesting a few nights ago which I want to share. And then I'll close. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 2, please. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Keep your hand there and go to Luke chapter 1. One God, three persons, all eternal, all powerful. Everywhere at the same time. 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How should this be, seeing I know not a man concerning the virgin birth, not the immaculate conception? You'd be surprised how many people get this muddled up, get this confused. The virgin birth is scriptural, the immaculate conception is not. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, Holy Ghost, moved upon the face of the waters. Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Come upon thee moved upon the face of the waters. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So time after time, you see how the Spirit of God works with creation, with the virgin birth. And here Mary doesn't quite understand how she's going to give birth to a child. Doesn't kick against it like these anti-Trinitarians are doing. She accepts it by faith. She's very humble. And she starts to worship the Lord. And she says from verse 46, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. Incidentally, uh, you Catholics out there which like to recite the Hail Mary, why are you doing that? Why do you do that? Were you told to do that? Were you told to mimic Mary? Were you told to mirror Mary? That's her private prayer to the Lord. Why are you repeating it? Now the Lord's prayer, or the disciples' prayer, fair enough. Although strictly speaking, that's for Israel. But why are you saying the Hail Mary? You were never told to say the Hail Mary. You've taken it upon yourselves to say the Hail Mary. And here Mary accepts it by faith. And yet sadly, most people don't take the Trinity by faith. Most people are attacking it, kicking it, and expect us to sit back and say nothing. Well, we won't say nothing. For now, this will be my last video on the subject of the Trinity. I spent the last three weeks coming up to the open-air pulpit to deal 
with the triune nature of the one true God. A fascinating subject. I don't understand it. I was never told to understand it. But I won't be foolish enough to reject it. But again, when we try and understand what is going on, why there is so much contention, so much, so much hatred, variance against the uh, Trinity, well, again, it goes back to the women, I think. These two YouTubers, these female YouTubers, were probably both witches. When the money dried up, one decided to close her channel, the other pushed on. Both had husbands in the background, putting the strings, making money. Because women, again, will attract women, and women will attract men, like the lone female hitchhiker. She breaks down, puts the old thumb out, car pulls over, they all pile into the car, and of course they've been successful. Some of these guys marry women, and they got an occult background, and I've met some of these women over the years uh, who have got saved from an occult background. And I think some of these women, not all, but some of these women are never able to let go of their occult background. It's always there. And they start to interfere with their husbands like Nancy Reagan. Ronald, please loosen up on the homosexual or on your rhetoric concerning the homosexuals, the AIDS endemic, the HIV endemic. Can you do something about it, Ronald? And he wouldn't. And yet she won concerning the abolition of the witchcraft uh, prohibition in California back in the 1960s Cherie Blair, Samantha Cameron and Sarah Brown got their husbands to abolish marriage to redefine marriage and they did so because they were also involved in witchcraft I believe that in fact during Gordon Brown's time in Downing Street one weekend they had a sleepover in uh, Chequers, the Prime Minister's official residence, and you had Sarah Brown, the PM's wife, J.K. Rowling, and get this, Rupert Murdoch's daughter, Elizabeth Murdoch from memory, all sleeping over at Chequers like little girls. What are they doing? Well, they're not having a Bible study, are they? Are they doing their spells? Are they witches? I think so. And those, men, uh, those women were able to influence their men, and the rest, as they say, is history. But when a ministry goes south, when a ministry starts to apostatize, when a ministry loses a plot, you have to, not always but many times, go back to the women. Who are these women? What is their background? Have they come from the occult? Have they been able to bewitch their husbands? Why had these men apostatized, departed from the truth, and even more shockingly, why are so many people following them? One of the reasons why this is allowed to happen is the Lord is testing the body of Christ, the King James community especially, to see whether or not you love him, whether or not you will stand with him. That's one of the reasons why the Lord allowed false teachers back in the Old Testament to come along to make sure or to test whether or not the children of Israel loved the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 again. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Check out people online. Check out everybody online. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. 
or persons, or churches, or ministries. Yet he himself is judged of no man, for who hath known the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We have the triune God living inside of us. We don't need to be taught these things. It's nice to have these things reminded to us, of course. And have the word of God explained, verse by verse, of course. But when it comes to who God is, when it comes to God living inside of us, we don't need to be reminded of these things. But again, the reason why I make videos such as this is to really reach out, if I can, to new Christians, Christians who aren't quite sure about this subject, to reassure them not to allow the cults, the false religions, and those that have been run by witches to come along and seduce you, to mop you up. I know I can't change the minds of certain people who have made up their minds. It's like years ago, I watched a couple of, of well-known debates, and this uh, Protestant got up debating a Catholic, and he was interviewed a little while after the debate, and he said, I wasn't going to the debate to convince the Catholic apologist. He's too far gone. He's given over to a debased mind, unsaved, unregenerate. I was going along to reach out to those that haven't made up their minds. People that are perhaps unsure of the subject. And that was concerning justification. They are the ones that he was going to the debate to reach out to. And that's what I think we need to do. I need to do. I can't reach those radical anti-Trinitarians which have apostatized and are now heretics, blaspheming the nature of God, attacking it, ripping it to shreds, like just tramping their dirty feet all over the cross of Christ, which is what they are doing in essence. And the Lord will say, don't cast your pearls before swine. Absolutely so. What we will do, and what I will do by the grace of God, as when time allows, is to continue to dig deep into scripture much deeper into the word of god concerning the father the son and the spirit not for the sake of those that have rejected it like i say they are probably uh too late to reach a bit like caiaphas and uh, annas and other jewish leaders back in the new testament saw the lord but refused uh the call to repent saw the apostles but rejected their cause to repent. And again, unless you believe I am picturing his deity, you would die in your sins. Unless you believe I am being almighty God, and as Jesus Christ is speaking, he is referring to himself, Exodus chapter 3, not God the Father. Unless you believe I am, going back to before Abraham was, I am, you would die in your sins. I don't know why this is difficult for some people to understand. Not the Trinity, but how Jesus is the Son, not the Father, and how the Father is the Father, not the Son. I don't really understand why this is so difficult for some people to understand. Unless, of course, the spirit of witchcraft has got a hold of you. And now you are messed up with the spirit of witchcraft. Maybe you've married a witch. Maybe some of you brothers have married a witch. A bit like Nancy Reagan or Samantha Cameron or Sarah Brown, or Cherie Blair, and she's whispering in your ear to reject biblical truths, to ruin you, to ruin your ministry, and to ruin your audience.
And of course, if you are ruined as a result of your wicked wife being a witch, no surprise, is it? Of course, the men have to be blamed for this. The men are weak, beta males. They've married women with strong personalities. And the women have married weaker men, inferior to them. And that marriage becomes like a mother-son relationship. And that's why these women, who are very strong-willed, like to talk a lot, like to be in control, marry weaker men. So they can dominate them. And the men are weak, they're beta males, like most Catholic priests. And they marry women who are stronger than them, emotionally and sometimes financially, to take care of them. What a mess. What a mess we are living in. And the Lord said when he comes back, would he find much faith on the earth? And the answer, of course, is no. When he comes back, there'll be a lot of apostasy, a lot of heresy, a lot of blasphemy. When it comes to saved people, and I've said this many times over the years, the Lord will put up with our sins, sins of omission, sins of commission. He'll put up with what we do wrong and what we should do but don't do. But when it comes to our idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, if we persist down that dangerous route to destruction, he will hand us over to the devil. First Corinthians chapter 5. The devil will destroy our flesh many times. That the spirit, that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. And ultimately, if you don't want to repent, straighten up, and you continue to be a radical anti-Trinitarian, being guilty of idolatry because you've corrupted the image of the incorruptible God, then you will lose your millennial inheritance. Galatians chapter 5. That's how serious this is. But I will repeat myself one final time that as far as I'm concerned, the ringleaders of this anti-Trinitarian attack, satanic attack, are probably unsaved. Never saved to begin with, being led by the spirits of witchcraft, and yet you've got men and women teaming up to do just this and unless something seriously changes or unless the Lord intervenes or unless the rapture takes place I see things getting only worse I see the apostasy getting more severe I see more contentions more arguments more falling outs more fallouts more divisions and that breaks the Lord's heart because whether you like it or not for those of us which are saved, we are saved. We are brothers, we are sisters, we are one family in the Lord. But when we get into heresy, and I'm talking about serious heresy and blasphemy, then we really have disgraced our God and his triune nature. And for me, I don't want to be a part of that at all. I know my faults, I know my sins, I know my errors. But one thing I will never be accused of is being a radical anti-Trinitarian. Count me out for that. And if you people are determined to continue to attack the Trinity and the triune nature of the Lord, then it's on your heads. It's on your heads. And I just leave it to the Lord and pray that he shows you mercy and grace when you leave this world and go into the next. And on that somber statement, I will sign out from this bitterly cold, windswept and very foggy open air pulpits and bless you all in the name of jesus christ and also in the name of the father 
another Son, another Holy Ghost. Amen and Amen.